Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Uh, we were talking before we got started, and you told me about something that was was totally new to me, and I really like this, uh, which is the shoe principle. What, what's the shoe principle? Exactly. Well, the shoe principle is one of those things that happens when you get a more diverse group of people together and you ask them for ideas. So that's what I was doing this past week. I was coaching a, a whole group at one of my clients, and this group had more women in it than uh, we normally have in the tech world, which I was very pleased about. I've had a couple of clients with uh, leadership teams and, and companies uh, uh, with at least 50% women representation. And that's uh, pretty impressive and in, in, in tech and um, uh, leads to something very different. So somebody uh, said as if everyone knew it, uh, well, what we need to do here is follow the shoe principle. And I said, well, I don't actually know what that is. Can you help me out? And it turns out that um, for, for Western women, at least, there's a principle that I guess is well-known. I'm not sure. At least this person treated it as well-known, which is that when you buy a new pair of shoes, because you have a lot of shoes, this is an assumption about women. It's certainly not an assumption about me. I have, I think, two pairs, or maybe three. Um, but uh, apparently women in this culture tend to get a lot of shoes. And so the principle is when you get a new pair of shoes, you should discard a pair of shoes. And that way you keep the total shoe number constant. Okay. You don't add to your shoe drawer, your shoe closet, your shoe room. Right. You get It's kind of one in, one out. Exactly. And so we were adopting a new practice. We were going to provide a new type of update that was more uh, efficient and more tied to the company goals and so on. And this person said, but wait a minute, we have a bunch of those and they seem to keep accumulating. They're kind of like my shoes. So we should follow the shoe principle. And I thought that was a, a great idea and not one that I would have put that way. Yeah. When you said this, it really uh, struck me because uh, that it is very common that we will accumulate process over time. This is kind of a natural tendency because we add each one for perfectly, you know, reasonable uh, rationales. You know, we, we, you know, this will help. This is good. This other thing is good. You know, this third thing is good. Having them all must be even better. Uh, and it, the, these things kind of accumulate and and they add a bit of friction to uh, everyone's life, even if they're automated, even if it's something that's happening in the background and emailing everyone. Like, oh, that's <laughs> worse. That's, that's what you don't want. You, you don't want it to send you email because then you set up a process and there's some computer that's deciding that you should do something. And often it's deciding based on information that was true 6, 12, 9, 67 months ago. And you're, you're, it's no longer relevant, but it's still alerting you about it. It's still giving you information that may not be relevant at all. Oh, but it's fine because we'll just go ahead and create some some rules <laughs> in our mailboxes so that we have an automated system generating an email that no one reads because they have another computer automatically discard it. <laughs> I have seen and, that and, more times than I can count. And and then and then you know we put that process in place, those emails in place because of a real uh, concern. And and when the event happens that those emails were designed to catch, and we don't catch it because it was all being automatically deleted, at some point we go, oh, wait, this thing happened. Oh, no, this is terrible. We have a new RCA. <laughs> and we go and say, uh, well, wait a minute. Didn't we have monitoring for this? Oh, yes, we did. We had that email that was being sent. Oh, well, yeah, but I discarded it. Was it was it going off? Did it warn us? Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> it, it warned us. It warned us every morning as we turned it off. So I've had clients who who just uh, ha have an alert going off, and they just have a process every morning, another process which consists of turning it off. Right. 
<laughs> and that, what you just described there was the very definition of normalization of deviance. We, we have a espouse, this is what we do uh, kind of thing. But in, in practice, uh, the, the normal behavior comes to, to be to violate the process. The normal behavior is to skip the alerts and ignore them rather than the espouse behavior, which is, oh, we have these wonderful alerts. Look at these. They tell us when something is wrong. Uh, that, that's right. Uh, and, and this, we're talking about you now about alerts and monitoring, but it could be reports, um, you know, what's the, what's happening with our, our users, how many logins do we have, how many, you know, widgets are being moved through every day. Um, Heresy, having a stand up every morning or having a retrospective every week, those can also become ossified in the same way and um, normalized that uh, we deviate by um, saying, hello, we're all here. Yeah, okay, let's go, rather than having an actual exchange of information in your stand up, for example. Oh, that's right. That that's a great example, and and we can just add these things in, and you know, checkbox. Yep, we've got that. Yep, we've got that. If we have a new problem. We introduce a new process, and um, and this is, I think, where where I might come into an organization, and you might come in, and we find them sort of groaning under the accumulated weight of all of the you know relatively good ideas, taken independently that they're they're uh, you know weighted down with, and they're not actually getting the value out of them. They're not, and certainly they're not getting, you know, the, the real excitement out of it. When, when you described the shoe principle, it actually reminded me of Marie Kondo, which uh, um, people may uh, know her. She's got a Netflix show about tidying, and she in, invented this con Marie process. Uh, hey, that's like that. Kanban. Yeah, exactly. So you should your Kanban should go through con Marie, uh, and and she has this key idea in her tidying that I think could uh, apply here. Um, a nice adjunct to the shoe principle, which is uh, when she would say, you look at your belongings, you, 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 you bring them all together and you hold each one and you ask, does this spark joy? And, and I think that's a good way to look at our process as well is does, does our process, does it spark joy? That, that, that may seem like a strong claim, but I think it should. I, I think we should have our processes and feel like they add energy and excitement to our day. And if they don't, maybe we should get rid of them. You, you could certainly try dropping them for a bit. So if you if you always feel deflated and um, bored uh, in or after your stand-up, try not having it for a week. See what happens. That would be the Marie Kondo way. I think she actually tells you to throw it away and, and take it to the, the, the rubbish bin. But <laughs> I, I think she wouldn't mind if you just sort of put it outside for a bit and pretended it wasn't there. And then you could have it back if it, it really uh, left a hole in your life. My uh, um, daughter likes watching tidying videos. She told me recently that she'd been watching several of them. And I do know that some people will use it as a, as a, if you have a very difficult thing that you're having trouble getting rid of, they'll say, well, go and put it in this box and put the box over on the shelf and, you know, put the date on it. And if you haven't had to open the box in a year mm. or three months or something like that, you have a time on it. And it turns out if you never had to open it, well, then you know you can get rid of it because you, you know, it, it, it wasn't something you really needed. I had no idea there were tidying videos. I'm going to have to go check that out now. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. Um, de decluttering videos of all kinds. And, and uh, But I, I come back to this idea of joy. I, I think it's a reasonable um, hope that our, our process should spark joy. And the reason, and I think a lot of people miss this, is that all the process we have, it's there for a reason, and it's there for us to have conversations. It's It's there for us to you know, actually collaborate and communicate. And we should be generating um, energy in those conversations. 
we should we should have a certain amount of excitement about you know what is it we're going to be doing and uh and so if our process isn't leading to exciting conversations well that's that's not good and if the conversations themselves are, are not good I, I think retrospectives you mentioned stand-ups and retrospective i think probably the retrospectives are the ones i see most often where people are going through the motions and feel like you know retrospectives aren't useful which which is always shocking to me because I, I i've gotten so much um energy out of retrospectives uh in in the past um, but but I do often uh, come across people where they have become just a, a checkbox exercise that people go through, and and certainly nothing controversial or difficult is ever discussed there. And uh, an obligatory reference to uh, something we'll have in the show notes, which is the Agile Retrospectives book, which is getting older now, but is excellent and uh, certainly worth uh, looking at and uh, can um, spark some extra joy if you try some new techniques that you might find therein. But let me say it, it's um I think often changing the format, like having a retrospective book, it does bring a bit of energy because they're they're a bit different. And so people are a little bit out of their comfort zone. Um on the other hand, I think when when done just rotely, it, it can actually add to this problem. And it can be like, oh yep, you know, we we had one retrospective process that was kind of boring, but now we have twelve <laughs> and none of us are really bought into them. We, we rotate among them and we get bored by a different one every week. Right. And so the um I think the uh, question I would have if if you're if you're saying yep actually none of our processes are uh, sparking joy for us then maybe there's something more fundamental about the dynamics on the team and you should be asking yourself well what what is going on with us that we aren't excited about what we're doing <laughs> maybe we should be doing something very different and it's not just a question of changing you know the the uh, the the paint <laughs> you know just changing around the edges maybe we need something more fundamental makes sense. Okay. Well, if listeners are trying out some process tidying and checking out whether things spark joy, uh, bringing in new processes and dropping some out, we'd certainly like to hear from you. Conversationaltransformation.com is the place to find us with Twitter and email and all the other good things. And of course, we like it when you subscribe in whatever app you're using so you can hear us every week. Excellent. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.